0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast is brought to you by Ben Online. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at BetOnline with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And joining us on the Carina Asada is the Los Angeles Dodgers visiting clubhouse manager, Mitch Poole. Mitch is the real hero in this story. So, uh, Mitch, como estás? Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. My
1: pleasure. uh, Here's a little backstory, guys. The reason why we wanted to have Mitch on the show. Uh, Breaking news, of course, the Dodgers have finally decided to retire. Fernando Valenzuela's jersey. Now, before that announcement on FanFest, Valenzuela's jersey was never retired, but they never gave out his number. They never gave out 34. And our guest, Mitch Poole, is the reason why number 34 was never issued to anyone else. So first question, Mitch, is why did you decide after Valenzuela left the Dodgers... Why did you decide to no longer issue 34 to anyone?
2: I think it's a no-brainer that the man meant a whole lot to a couple of different communities. And um, I just, I felt like the, you know, it was weighing on my heart anyway. Because in my heart, I felt like it it should be retired. And uh, it's like um, unofficially... It was retired in my heart. And as long as it was on my beat, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to happen. Nobody was going to wear that. So was management
1: aware that
2: you weren't giving out that number? Um, They could tell, but nobody really questioned me about it. And it's like, I had the support of my whole staff on this one. And even Alex Torres, um, the guy that has my old job as the home clubhouse manager, I don't think you know he wanted to do that either because uh, um, we we did we've done this for a long time together and so so if you no, would I, have, go, go, go ahead, ahead. so no, if I you just, would have left the Dodgers
1: Alex was ready to continue this tradition uh, if the Dodgers hadn't decided to retire his number Alex was going to continue the tradition of not giving out the number.
2: Well, I think he's already, he's done that for the last seven years. He hasn't done a darn thing. I don't think anybody approached him or, uh, but I know there had to be a lot of pressure out there because, well, the Mexican community, a lot of people that I I met over the years have thanked me because um, it's just, it's a big deal to them, you know? Uh, it was a big deal to me too, but it's just, it's a big deal to them. Um, Fernando's a friend and, um, I had him as a player, so, you
1: know, no-brainer. This is why you're the hero, Mitch. This You're the hero of the story, right, Alicia?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, and bravo, Mitch. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. I just want to make sure that I understand. I love what you said, that in your heart, Fernando's number, number 34, was not going to be given out. Okay, secondly, I want to make sure I understand it wasn't – Direct order from upstairs from management. Nope. It was you took it upon yourself, and nobody questioned you, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a hard thing to really answer because um, you don't want to be the reason why. I mean, there shouldn't be a reason why. It just should be. It should just be done. And I'm glad it's being done. And I'm, we don't have to talk about this and be pressured with anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So then, we so there wasn't a lot of information coming out from the Dodgers directly on why it was not the number thirty-four was not being. We we've had a lot of guests and Juan. I pretty much are we at a hundred percent where every guest we've had has said Fernando's numbers should be retired?
1: A hundred percent, and we're talking about former major leaguers from opposing teams. Mitch Dale yeah. Murphy we asked dale murphy and dale murphy was surprised that the jersey wasn't retired he thought it was ridiculous
2: yeah he i think his probably retired. you know over in atlanta <laughs> right so it, it, but it is he and had that, a, he had a face he had a face fernando
0: so oh i like that i like that um I, I wanted to start with this actually because so you know the bleed lows podcast we have fun here we keep it light. Uh, a lot of my friends and now cousins are new to the Bleedless podcast. They, they are getting the ins and outs, the nitty gritty. My co-hosts are amazing. They The stats that they retain, I'm sure the stuff that you, Mitch, have had, your memories go on and on and on and on. Um, two things. Can you explain to those new to, say, the ins and outs of baseball, what your position actually is like what you do and secondly will you be writing a memoir a book
2: <laughs> i i mean i've been approached six times about writing books people from S- philadelphia new york um chicago so um los angeles too but um i just there's like this old adage it's called what whatever's said in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse mm-hmm. but i think something tasteful can be done you know, and, um, just have fun with it. Maybe it might be something in my future.
0: Interesting. And for a visiting clubhouse manager, what does that right. mean? What if somebody's watching right now that's in high school and is like, wait, I want that gig. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it's, um, people think, oh, you got the easy job over there, don't you? Cause you don't, you don't have to be there all the time. I go, well, You know, we have a team that comes in, and after they come in, they're there for three days. We have to feed them and wash their clothes and take care of everything that they they need done, even for their traveling secretary, their players, their coaches, and even their general manager. So, But it's like um, they'll be in for three days, and then on that third day, they leave. And you know what that means? It means we have another team right behind them coming in that night. So if we get done with them around 11 and get them out the door, we got a team coming in. It could be 12, one, two, three, four, six in the morning before they get to us and they got to play that night. Right. So we do stuff like that. Um, I, I work on the home side in uh, spring training and when the games start, I move over to the visiting side. And after the games are over, I come back over. So, But um, I'm in charge of taking care of the visitors, mostly. Um, I, I, for 31 years, was on the Dodgers side, on the home side. And um, I for 15, 16 years, I, I was the equipment manager on the home side. So it's, it's nicer for me now because I'm getting older and the fact that I'm spending more time with my family, I don't travel like, I mean, you're talking about a ruthless schedule, having to travel. It's worse than the players, believe me. <laughs> and, and uh, but I mean, you got to make sure there are needs too on, on the road. And, and you also have to work with a visiting staff that is on the road already. So like the Braves have a visiting staff, they take care of us and ask me what I need. And if I have any needs, I ask them if they can do it.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. And do you oh, get,
2: plus, there's loading the plane too. So
0: um. I was I was going to say it's not just the clubhouse. Like you, you. No. It's like a comfort and care of the guys <laughs> and the gals on right. the staff, right. and then you you have to attend to like needs, right? Like this person doesn't like eat nuts or this person's allergic or, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, they, I could just imagine. <laughs>
2: they have, they have dietitians now for that, but the dietitian has come see me about supplying some of that stuff. And uh, Right.
0: But you said the, now, imagine the things you've seen. I'm just going to ask one more question regarding the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. When we found out that the uh, Houston Astros cheated allegedly, is there ever any secure extra security in the clubhouse for the visiting team because of that incident?
2: <laughs> uh No, not so much. Um, Dang it. You know, <laughs> the thing is, we really didn't, we didn't really realize what was going on at that point when the Astros were here. It's guys that left the Astros and went over to the Red Sox the next year that we started to go, hmm. But like, I mean I won't say his name because he's managing the Red Sox now, but um but but it's like Cora! some of my yeah, yeah. some of my <laughs> he was see the thing is Alex was one of my players too. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. took care of him when he was over here. And uh but yeah it's 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 like um like Korea when he came back the next time. Uh he looked at me kind of strange, like I was going to say something. And I go, look, Carlos, we're going to take care of you, whatever you need done. Don't just, just don't even think about all this other stuff that's going on. We're here to do a certain job, and we're going to do it. So you need something? Let me know. And then when he came back, it was kind of like, oh, man, I, I feel a little more relaxed, you know. And I know the Dodgers fans probably don't like that but it's it is my job and i right. i've got to be professional to you're them professional. too and so we're going to expect the same from their staff over there
0: they better we got a professional here Juan. right absolutely no i mean
1: it's fantastic i i mean look you're a better man than i am mitch right? i mean if i would have run past but I, you know what i admire and it's, it's something i never really thought about niche is the predicament that, like you said, Alex Cora is a guy that you, he was a a player you used to work with. You have relationships with. We were just recently at the Justin Turner Golf, and they asked him, hey, have you talked to Alex Cora yet about the whole situation in 2017? And Justin Turner said, hey, I used to play with Alex Cora when he started his career. So you forget about the fact that these guys have relationships and all of a sudden something uncomfortable happens, but right. I admire and respect the fact that you kept your professionalism just because somebody did you dirty doesn't mean that you got to do the same thing. You turn the other cheek, you're, you're a good man. But Mitch, I wanted to ask you, there's that famous story that Manny Ramirez asked for, for number 34 when he came to the Dodgers. Yeah, it, Was there anyone else before Manny? that asked for 34 that were just completely
2: oblivious to the fact that hey do you know what you're asking? No you know we um he, he's only thinking one side he's thinking about big poppy. That's all he's thinking about. So mm-hmm. you know maybe he can grab Poppy's number over with the Dodgers, you know. Yeah. But um but there was nobody else really that I know of that that asked for it at that point and it was oblivious to him he didn't know he doesn't know the history of the dodgers or anything like that
0: but did you tell him did you educate him
2: oh yeah i told but the thing is what you got to understand is he asked for other numbers too and um. uh, so i <laughs> we were going to give him number 28 and he kind of like uh eh. so later on um he goes, how about 34? And then his agent, Boris called and said, Hey, how about we're going to, we're going to make him 66. And then it was calls me up after we've made all these jerseys, We have got 28, we got 66, but he goes, Hey, can we make him 99? And I go, Oh my God. Yeah, we can make him (laughs) 99. So anyway, we, we put it, put his locker up, Manny, gets to the ballpark, there's this hoopla over him and everything. And then he comes in and I show him his locker and it's number 99. He goes, Hey, I thought it was 28. (laughs) So (laughs) this guy, he's all, I love him though, but he's just like all over the place. And I made your story. I made your question a lot longer.
0: No, no, I love it.
1: Here's the thing, Mitch, you've seen, as as Alicia had said, you should write a book because you've seen a lot of stuff. But again, to me, you just reiterated why it's important for that number to be retired, because there's generations now who never saw Valenzuela pitch. And it's important to know the story. And you had mentioned earlier, Mitch, that it was important to the Mexican-American community, to, to Latinos Mitch, what are are you Mexican or uh,
2: I live in a Mexican community.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: So No, you know, I it's just um God. I sometimes I think so. But um <laughs> Yeah. No, I was a hey, the the thing is I was adopted.
0: So, oh really? Yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: Well I, I just
1: I mean, I think it's, I think the fact that you recognize how important it was to a community in the history, retiring that number is important because we get to tell this story again. And if we don't tell this story, it's very easily forgotten. Right, Mitch? Right.
2: Yeah. You know, and the the thing is, there's been um, guys that I can see like um, homies. Okay. They, Uh They come from Los Angeles and they show up in Florida for spring training or or in arizona and there's this group of guys that i wouldn't just let anybody in the clubhouse but everybody had left and i felt like you know what i'm gonna bring these guys in and i'm gonna let them check it out and turns out they're friends for life now and it's like this was years ago when we first went to arizona and uh but I just wanted to show them what it was like in our clubhouse and it meant so much to them. Um, But yeah, I mean, everybody's, everybody's my homie, so.
0: I love it.
2: Everybody's a homie. All right. We're we're going to let you go. There's a
1: couple of things that I, I we're going to, we have what we like to, since you have a lot of homies, you know, this is a segment that we call our kickback questions. You know, we're, we call this show the carne asada Mitch, because we just like to sit around, hang around, talk about baseball. Right. So everything's right. cool. So it's kind of like a little speed round, but a couple of questions here to to, to end the show. There's a lot of belief that, By retiring Valenzuela's jersey, the Dodgers are opening up a can of worms because people are going to be like, "Well, now you got to retire Steve Garvey's number, or you got to retire Ron Say, or there's there's other people." But Valenzuela is clearly an exception. As much as everybody loves Mr. Stop Short, Steve Garvey, I I mean,
2: he's he's not Valenzuela, right, Mitch? No, not no, he's not. Nobody is. Um. But uh, I made him upset when I gave out his number at one time. So, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, if I had to make everybody happy for their own reason, man, I'd be in trouble, wouldn't I?
1: Well, yeah. So, but I mean, when people say, I mean, do you think there's going to be a can of worms? Are more people going to start saying, hey, you know, you got to retire?
2: No, I don't, I don't think so. I really don't
1: think so. All right. Um, you mentioned uh, that Manny was going to get number 28. Uh, this is just from me because I'm a huge Pedro Guerrero fan. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you give out right. number 28? man? Well, Why couldn't you do the same for the Dominican dandy?
2: <laughs> oh, man. He was, he was an amazing guy, too. But, uh, well, I mean, we, we kind of felt like he was a big brute of a guy, you know, uh, and he was a slugger. And so was Pedro, you know, Pedro was our slugger back in 85 and um, until he got hurt, you know, uh, when he slid into third base in spring training and kind of put him out for the year. But he, um, that guy was a stud, you know, and um, I just was on the realm of thinking that so is Manny Ramirez, man, this guy's, this guy could carry us. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's where that all went.
1: So when you give out numbers, do you do that? Do you think to yourself, who does this guy remind me of? Maybe I and that's the number that's the idea that you get to give him a number?
2: Well, I there, there's a lot of criteria to it, but okay. I'll tell you a funny thing real quick is yeah. When when um Justin Turner came to us in spring training, um, I was told we're going to sign this guy to a minor league contract, so we need a good number on his back. And I go, really? Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you let me know. So so I thought of 10 because at that point of spring training, the beginning of spring training, everything's taken. And so the first thing that he did when he came up to me, you're going to laugh, kind of embarrassing, but he asked me for number two. And I'm like, what? do you realize who, uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass him. It's just, it was a funny, funny thing at the time. So, but number 10 looks so good on his back. I mean, I don't think we'll ever, I don't know what he's wearing in Boston, but it sure doesn't look like something that
0: Uh, this should be off
2: his back. Do you,
1: do you you ever see them maybe doing a combo retiring 10 for Ron say, and Justin Turner? I
2: no, I don't. Okay. The, the persona of the Fernando thing is a lot bigger than.
1: It's a completely yeah. different story. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, Alicia, did you have something?
0: Are we done with the the kickback? I, I, I
1: have two more and then I'll throw it over to you. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just because one is he mentioned number two. And for those of you young kids who are watching, going, who's number two? It's not only the greatest manager in the history of baseball, Tommy Lasorda. Whenever somebody wants to ask me what is a baseball manager? I just show him a picture of Tommy Lasorda. Right, I mean, right. there was recently a video that just went viral of Tommy just throwing F-bombs during the 77 World Series. You had interaction with Tommy, Mitch. Oh, yeah. Is there anything that does justice? And will there ever be another Tommy Lasorda?
2: There'll never be another time of this sort of, no, there will not. Um, and in fact, one of the last things I told Tommy before he moved on in this world, um, I go, you know, when you used to talk to the team and everything, you'd have a big meeting and whatever, and you wanted to get on them and whatever you needed to do instructional wise. I don't know how many times it happened, but there's a closet at the end of the clubhouse and it's got a slider door. And just before it would start, I'd jump in that closet and I'd slide the door and I'd listen to what was going on. <laughs> so he goes, you what? I go, yeah, I did, Tommy. So, But he, he thought it was the funniest thing. And uh, I regarded him as, as a friend, you know. He's like um, one of those love-hate relationships. But I well, loved him, man.
0: That sounds like family, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that pretty
2: much is. Uh,
1: Before I throw it over to Alicia, this is the last one. I, you know, for me in 1988, obviously has great memories, but I became a Dodger fan because of Fernando Valenzuela. And in particular, my first Dodger memory is the 1985 NLCS. Mm. And you started working for the Dodgers in 1985. Right. For those of you that are loyal listeners to the show, you guys know how traumatic 1985 NLCS was for me and it's continued my trauma. Tom Needenfuhr even came on the show and surprised me once to try to help me get over this trauma that I have in the 1985 NLCS. How nice that, was your fir- <laughs> that was your first year with that team. Mitch, yeah. are you over the 1985 NLCS? And <laughs> no. do you think if we could have won Game 6, we would have won Game 7?
2: I do. But, you know, I mean, we we had no business losing that and we were the better team and the team that we would have to face in a world series we would have beat them too so um yeah it's a piece of me it was probably the lowest one of the lowest parts of my career and it was my first year
1: yeah i mean that's the thing is like uh, tom ninafuir was a good sport for coming on the show but it still hurts because my memory is seeing Pedro Guerrero throw his glove onto the field out in left yeah. field after Jack Clark hit that ball into outer space, and I was, I'll, yeah. I'll never forget that. Go ahead, Mitch.
2: I was with I was with um, Pedro out there. I, he was my throwing mate, so I, I I used to warm him up in between innings. And, Yeah, I saw it. I saw it firsthand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alicia you you don't have any 1985 NLCS drama do you?
0: I don't and I feel your pain I really do guys but uh because we have you here Mitch let's keep it light just like the sunshine that you're sitting in this beautiful California weather. You just gave us one of your lowest memories of working uh, for the Dodgers. What about one of your highest? What what's what what's your first thought, your first memory? One of the
2: well, best everybody, Everybody's going to say it too. It's um the 1988 game one that um, Gibson hit the home run to, to win it all. So that's that's number one.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Okay. That's awesome. That's, you're right. So many people say that. Were you in the clubhouse when they had to go looking for Kirk Gibson to bring him back out?
2: I was in the clubhouse. I'm the one that ran into him in the training room. Where he was getting worked on, and I had to go pick up towels. I was making my rounds, and you know, you hear over the loudspeaker, you hear uh, Vince Scully speaking on how we'll be without the services of Kirk Gibson tonight. And the minute he heard that, he goes, Mitch, get my uniform. So <laughs> I went and got his uniform, and he got dressed, and uh, I just followed him around, and he goes, Hey, could you get a bucket of balls and meet me down by the little net down there? Cause we didn't have a cage. We had a little net. The cage was all the way down where the bullpen was. And it's so far away from the action, you know, by the club or the dugout. So anyway, he told me to go get them. So I got him and I stand there and um, Ben Hines, our hitting coach walked by and Gibby just looks at him. He goes, Hey, are you going to help me out here? And uh, he goes, no, why don't you get Mitch to help you? And we were we were behind in that game. And it was like nobody was real happy. So I go, sure, I'll help you. And so I put balls on a tee for him. And he showed me the location. And the scouting report said backdoor slider with a 3-2 count on Eckersley. And um, so I started doing that with him. And, like, halfway through, he goes – I'm gonna need you to put a little movement on it. So I'm not gonna hit a ball that's just sitting there. So I need you to to do some movement. So when we got done with that, I'm sitting on a bucket and he's not doing anything but looking down at me. And he goes, you know, Mitch, this could be the script. Those were his exact words. And I'm like, I knew what he meant by that, but it's like, holy cow, this guy's just told me what he's gonna do. And he goes, I need you to go down and get Tommy. And I'm wearing a pair of cut-off jeans, and I'm wearing a Dodger T-shirt. And I run down there, and I'm screaming at Tommy as loud as I can because I I don't want to get on camera wearing my Daisy Dukes out there or whatever. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so anyway, I finally get Tommy's attention. He comes over, and – uh he goes, "What do you, what do you need?" You know, I'm trying to win a game out here. I go, Tommy, Gibby says he get hit. You better go see him. He's up the ramp. So, and that started it all off. He went up there and talked to him. And, um, I don't think they wanted Kirk to be out on the bench, but he had his helmet on. He had a bat in his hand. And he he went out there and he's just sitting there. And he's like twitching. He's like, you could tell he's getting into this and uh but i stayed there with i was right down by the the well there for the photo the photo well and um tommy's at the very end of the dugout and so when kirk moved towards the bat rack grabbed his bat walked out onto the the uh on the deck circle the fans were already starting to go you know you could already hear them and um i'm making this long but i have to do it so
0: No, Um, no. I love it.
2: But it's like, uh, yeah, it is history. But um, (laughs) I just, I could during that time when he went out there, I started feeling things in my body. It's like just my hair was starting to stand up, you know, and I I looked out to right field and I'm thinking man, that'd be incredible if he hit it out to right field. And (laughs) I'm, I'm just imagining this out to right field and dump it like in the first 10 rows or so, something like that. And um, he kept falling balls off. So it was taking longer for me to get my dream going there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when he finally did connect with that, it was like, it took the same path that I saw. Uh-huh. And I didn't tell people for like seven, 10 years after that fact that all this was going on. And I don't care who believes me or not. I don't care. But you know, he, he was a very um what do you call it? He he would he would see things and things would happen with, with Kirk. And it was like he visualized everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I was just happened to be visualizing what he was visualizing. And sure enough that ball landed out there and I go, I can't believe it. And like like I said, I had goosebumps. I had my hair standing up. and um, Every time I tell the story, though, it happens to me again.
0: Yeah. You were part of something really, really big. Cosmic. I knew you were involved. I just didn't know all of those details. Thank you, Mitch. Oh, my goodness. Sure. Um, There's
2: some people that are tired of it. They're tired never. Of, of what I'm saying. So I'm Never, not, Mitch. Never. It was my first
0: time. It was my first oh, time. So. Cool. Your name has been mentioned as being there with uh Kirk, but I did not know all of the details. I apologize that it's so no. hey, this is badass for me. Thank you, Mitch. No, I'm that, like yeah. that's cool. <laughs> And cool and, for and one too. started this interview with calling you the hero. Hello. Huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: He is the hero of the Valenzuela story. So we should be painting murals of niche in, in Los <laughs> Angeles. Mitch, we're going to end the show the way we always end the show. And this is going to be very important because now that we know you're a homie, not only are you a friend of the carne asada, but you're a homie, we need to know what is your favorite taco and where do you go in the city to get that taco?
2: Um, You know, as far as like around the corner from Dodger Stadium, I'd say guisado. You like guisados? I which, which taco like guisado. you, Which one do you get there? Um, uh, I like the pork belly one. The buche? yes all I like right that a lot man all right
1: it well, like you-
2: it's yeah it, it runs it runs uh out of the tortilla on your arm and down to your elbow but uh it's it's good <laughs> that's
0: how you know it's good that's Mitch. right that <laughs> was like the
2: most lot. accurate description
1: <laughs> like review that. right there that's the like good
0: stuff. A lot of stuff <laughs> yeah.
1: so I, if- I go ahead alicia
0: I'm just going to say that before if we're truly letting you go, I have to ask about the painting that you showed us yes. really quickly because we're talking about artists and murals dedicated to the pool family, right? Like, sh- tell us yeah. about that painting. It's yeah. gorgeous.
2: In fact, in fact, I don't know if you, can you see it now? Uh,
1: you're, no? you're, you're freezing. Uh, there we go. Yeah. We, we got it okay. right there, Mitch.
2: All right. So, Courtney she she's pretty much painted about 140 paintings that wow. that are in my locker room right now. And they're signed by all the players that have come through there. You still see it? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but she's actually working on something right now and she'd be embarrassed if I turned the camera to the window inside but um <laughs> but that's she spends a ton of time and we're into horse racing too so she does jockeys also.
0: That's awesome! I saw that. That's a whole other show if we're gonna get into your horse racing. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I mean that would. I've got a filly right now that's um, pretty closely coming out, and um, hold on, let me write down the name.
0: What's her name? Okay,
2: Okay. it's one word. Girl can't help it.
0: Oh, I like that.
2: It's a song by Journey, and it's uh, Steve Perry actually wanted me to name one of my horses after one of his songs oh, and wow.
0: i've known him for
2: 20 years i know he's a giant fan but that's all right that's um, okay
0: nobody's perfect nobody's yeah. perfect
2: <laughs> but if you guys go and look at girl can't help it look at the video uh, randy jackson from um uh one of those contests at american um, Contest. american
1: yeah american that's idol
2: right. yeah he's actually playing the he's playing the bass Oh, okay. So, but yeah, Back he's got a big on. old mohawk. <laughs> 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 but no, that's, yeah, I I dabble with art too. I've sold pieces and um, I should have some at Dodger Stadium this year. Um, but I have sold some out of their art of the game and um, my stuff's different. So, But my but my daughter's stuff, I love it because it, it's, it, it's totally her and it's her style is so different from anybody i know so
0: yeah that that fernando painting is striking and he looks happy you know (laughs) yeah he he can be shy sometimes so i love to see him with that big smile i'm so grateful i'm so happy this has finally happened um i don't think it's going to hit me until the actual ceremony in august so thank you for joining us uh today mitch
2: oh thank you Lisa.
0: Bye. you're the best
1: Mitch thanks a lot there you have it no, Mitch Poole thanks. the visiting clubhouse manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers
2: thank you for having me
1: and once again a big thank you to the Dodgers visiting clubhouse manager Mitch Poole for, for joining us on the show uh, for those of you that have been watching and all of a sudden see that Alicia is no longer here Alicia did uh, need to leave uh, she's on assignment So we're uh, babyface and I will wrap up. uh, But so you guys are just worried we we didn't kick Alicia off. Uh, Alicia had to go on assignment. Anyways, uh, babyface, uh, what did you take away from uh, from good old Mitch and all his Dodger stories?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's it. it, He's one of those guys, you know, kind of like you know, he's another Dodger historian, right? From the time he's kind of been there. I mean, he has all these stories of. Just what goes on that we normally don't hear, you know, from the Gibson stuff, right? And to him being the guy, right, literally responsible for not giving that number out because he knew what Fernando meant, what he, what Fernando meant to this team, what he meant to the organization, to the city, right, to the fans, right. So he decided, you know what? That's it. I'm not that number's not being used anymore, and he is the guy that is responsible for that, and, and I, I think that's awesome.
1: I and and I I wasn't exaggerating when I call him the hero of the story because I mean can you imagine the balls that it takes to make that decision I mean he could I mean management could have very easily said hey why aren't you giving out this number you know what if a player asked for it you know before Manny and maybe they make a big stink about it and go up to management and say hey this guy won't give me the number I want 34 right but for him to sit there and take it upon himself to be like, hey, I'm not going to do it, I, I I think is just so ballsy. I, one of the things that I wonder, though, is if Mitch Pool wouldn't have taken that stance and let's say they would have given out 34, do you think they, they would have retired it now? Because it got to the point where it was obvious no one was going to wear 34 anymore right? So it was clearly that's Valenzuela's number, just retire it. But if more people would have started wearing 34, you kind of lose that argument, right? You can't any longer say, well, nobody wears it, so it's unofficially retired, so if it's unofficially retired, why don't you retire it? I mean, do you think if they would have given that number out, they they still would have retired his jersey?
3: See, that that's tough. I don't know. I mean, maybe it if that number would have been in circulation, it would kind of just been like, eh, you know? like, Yeah, number probably... he kind of be like one of those other guys. Like, like yeah, Garvey. Garvey or Hershey. Yeah. yeah, we should retire those numbers, but it's not really like a big stink, right? It's like, eh, you know, it, it, it's out there, right? It's like, I, I remember, I think uh, 11, Motta's number wasn't given out for a while, too, and then it finally it finally got into circulation and it's been out there, right? And he yeah. even mentioned, too, when he gave uh, six out that that Steve Garvey kind of had, you know, he kind of got upset. And so, you know, things started moving along. And now it's like, you know, you see players with wearing six, you know, Trey Turner last year, you know, the great Jerry Harrison, right. wore number six. So, so it kind of just, I think it it, would have changed. It would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You kind of get used to seeing it. Right. And it's like, it's not such a big deal, I think.
1: And that's why when everybody said the argument of it opens up a can of worms, look, we talked about this, you know, with Fred Rogan, in the sense that this situation is different. Valenzuela is different. Like, Garvey is a great Dodger. Everyone's going to think of Garvey as a Dodger. But Garvey is not Valenzuela. I mean, what Valenzuela did, no matter how many times we try to explain it to you, uh, to, to our audience, who those who didn't grow up in Fernando mania, it, it just doesn't do it justice. What I find really interesting in, in, in this sense is... Mitch Poole is a real humble dude. If you watch that interview, this guy is just so whole hum, and he's been around like giant moments in Dodger history, right and for him, it's just a job and and It's almost like you're you're trying to pull the words out. Tell us more. Like, he feels like he's annoying people by telling these stories. And it's just like, Hmm. bro, we want to hear this. Like, I think he should write that book. I think (laughs) it would be a great book to read for him to hear those stories. I I think it's funny. I'm sure people who hang around him a, a lot probably are tired of hearing the Gibson story. But those of us that don't hang around Mitch Pool, or there are people that are probably hearing that story for the first time and and they want to hear like Alicia. Alicia didn't know all the details when it comes to that story. But I, I just think it's so funny because I, I think that gives a perfect glimpse of who Mitch Pool is. The guy did this because he thought it was the right thing to do and he didn't expect anything in return. Like... I'm very, I'm going to be very curious to see if he's acknowledged during the ceremony when they retire his number. I mean, it's going to be three days. It's a whole series of honoring Valenzuela. I wonder if anyone is going to mention Mitch Poole's name and the fact that this guy decided I'm not going to give the number out. And for him to recognize that immediately, like we all know what Valenzuela means to the Latino community, right? We're Latinos. He's important but Mitch pool even though he's an honorary homie he he lives in a Mexican neighborhood like for him to recognize that this is gonna this is different i, I think says a lot about Mitch pool and maybe we just need more mitch pools in this world
3: yeah and just real quick going back to garvey that number six I do believe eventually will get retired I don't know if it'd be the same route uh, I think garvey has Obviously he has a much better case of still getting. I think personally to get into the Hall of Fame that Valenz- Valenzuela would. You yeah, know, Garvey. You know, Garvey still has. You know, where, where they do the 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 players committee right. I think yeah. Garvey can get in eventually. He can get in and 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 rightfully take his place in the Hall of Fame, and then that number will will eventually be retired. So you think but,
1: that's how they would do it if Garvey gets in through the Veterans Committee, because that's his only route, right? Is the Veterans yeah. Committee? Yeah. I mean
3: uh, just you know, like Gil Hodges right like Yeah like Gil Hodges yeah yeah so yeah i think i mean the Padres retired Garvey's number right and how, how many seasons yeah. did he play there like two two three years right two seasons and, I think yeah they got there. to the world series and, and they retired his number so you know that that seems kind of odd right like i mean what did he really do in San Diego right like and compared to what he did in LA well, I
1: mean, he got him to a World Series. Well, well yeah.
3: I mean, they lost, you know? right?
1: <laughs> they lost, but he got him to a, he got him to a World Series.
3: Yeah. But no, I, I
1: agree. Obviously, his contributions to the Dodgers are greater than that uh of the show pods.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, like I said, I think eventually his number will get retired cuz I think I think he will get into the Hall of Fame one day. I think one day he'll he'll eventually get in.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just interesting. I we wanted to have Mitch Pool on because I had heard that story before, and I, when the Dodgers announced that they were finally going to retire Valenzuela's jersey, I thought about Mitch Pool, and so I told Babyface, I was like, let's get Mitch Pool on. I really want to find out how this happened, because I mean, it's for years this went on that. Everybody knew nobody, nobody wore 34 on the Dodgers. So technically, it's unofficial. And then we started hearing the stories, like Manny Ramirez asking for number 34. And I, I, I can't stress enough. I mean, for those of you that have seen our Valenzuela celebration episode, I mean, there's younger guys, guys who didn't grow up in L.A., guys who aren't aware of Fernando Valenzuela. Maybe they're not historians. It's important. Uh, now that this number is retired, because we can't talk about Fernando Valenzuela. And as Eric Carroll's friend of the kindness said, you know, it, Mexican-Americans are, are, are a huge part of the fan base for, for the Dodgers. And Valenzuela is responsible for that. So, again, I just cannot get over the humility uh, of Mitch Poole. And it is so obvious that Valenzuela is important to him. If you you see him, he decided... Now, we didn't ask him to set up that background the way he did. He had that Valenzuela jersey out there. He did it all on himself. So it is obvious that this man has an affinity for, for Valenzuela. And it's the small things like guys like Mitch Poole, that I think made this moment possible. If I I honestly believe if if they would have given out 34 immediately once he left the Dodgers I I mean it took this long to get his number retired. Can you imagine how much longer it would have taken to retire that number if you would have seen or what if there was another Dodger who all of a sudden wore 34 and did really good. You yes. know, I mean we already have that with the number 10. You know, we have Ron Say, and then we have Justin Turner. So depending on where you grew up, if you say the number 10, who do you think of as a Dodger? For me, I, I now associate 10 with Justin Turner. But I know mm. that there's people that associate 10 with Ron Say.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was a little worried, you know, this offseason, right, when they signed when they signed Syndergaard, and I saw that, that 34 was listed on the, on the roster on the website, I'm like, it's kinda of weird, right? Like just that they that they would put that number on there on a player, like even just I don't even think by error, like it it just seemed weird to me, like that. Why would they put thirty four? And then I started thinking, Well syndicate, he's 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 born that his whole career with the Mets, right? And then the thing that really made me think like, Oh, this guy wants thirty four is he signed with the Angels last off season and he got thirty four and they hadn't given thirty four since Nick Adenhart passed away like 10 years ago, right? Nobody had worn 34 with the Angels, and they issued it to him. So I'm like, oh, man, Angels issued the, him 34. Like, would the Dodgers do that? It's, it says it on the website. So I was a little worried. I was honestly a little worried that they were actually going to say, you know what, you want the number? If it means that much to you, here it is.
1: And that's maybe if we ever get a chance to talk to the Dodgers home uh, clubhouse manager That's what I want to know. Or maybe if we even talk to Thor himself, you know, that would be one of my first questions. Did you ask for 34? Were you aware what you were doing? I mean, Jerry Hairston has told us multiple times that he would never, in his right mind, ask for 34 because 34 is Fernando Valenzuela. But, again, there may be guys who don't know Dodgers history, and to them, hey, 34 is my number. I don't care about Fernando Valenzuela. But when you get educated here, I think once you play here, I I, I think especially guys who aren't from L.A., I, I, I think it becomes very clear to them who runs this town and who uh, in terms of Dodger fans. And I, I think to some of them, it becomes a shock to their system. But I, I'm very curious uh, to see one day. Maybe hopefully we'll have Thor on the show this year. And we'll find out if he asked for 34 and why he backed down. I wonder if the Dodgers had told him, you can't wear 34. We're going to retire it this year. Like, how how early was this decision made? You know, is this something that they, they saved specifically for this year? You know, because, you know, they retired Gil Hodges' number last year. I, I I don't know. Uh, I I still can't figure out the timing of it all. Why now, all of a sudden, uh, to do it? But um, those are good things to have, and I I'm just glad that that Mitch, as as you can see, he was a very shy guy. I, I I don't feel like he likes calling attention to himself. But for me, he really is the hero, and I hope he gets some sort of acknowledgement during the ceremony that that he took it upon himself to make sure. That that we honor Valenzuela's accomplishments one way or another because being put up in that uh, legends of Dodger baseball and then they constantly play the clips. I don't think it has the same impact of when you sit in your seat in that stadium and you can see those numbers retired. That to me is a stronger impact.
3: Yeah, It's definitely going to be a different a different feeling, I think. Right, like when, like you said, they play those video clips, right, and they, they'll show. You know, Fernando, you know, his debut, and then they always show like there's no hitter, right? Yeah. And, and then they usually, they'll show him on the, on the, up in the booth, right? Now, yeah. Now they're going to do all that and then they're going to pan to the retired numbers and you're going to see 34 there. I mean, that's a different feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Babyface, do you have any closing thoughts on the fact that, we were, we had the campaign to retire 34 and now we can finally say 34 is retired.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we had big plans this year to, to make, to make this a reality what would it happened, right? We were going to push it as hard as we could this year if, it, if, you know, and, and you know, thankfully it, it, we didn't have to do that anymore. To, you know, it's retired. So it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So once
1: again, this is the part of the show where I remind you guys, subscribe to the podcast. For those of you who have discovered us, you know, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to it. That way you can catch all our new episodes. We have a great episode earlier this week in celebrating the retirement of Fernando Valenzuela, but catch up on, on past episodes. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch all these uh, sh- all these episodes on our YouTube we also have exclusive YouTube content. So subscribe so you can see that stuff. We have some, an interview with James Outman. We have an interview with Sam Bloom. We have some great uh, YouTube exclusive videos. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. For this episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast, you are sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez, de parte de mi colega Babyface. This episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast has been presented by BetOnline.ag. Nos vemos para la próxima. <laughs>